There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action today is a lifetime of personal experience. This should be fun. Now, whether or not that's valuable personal experience between <laughs> Centauri and myself, we will kind of remains to be seen, but we're, we're certainly going to give it a shot. We are coming to you from Startup Week in downtown Phoenix, Arizona. So it's an awesome event. If you've not been, you should definitely check it out. Do you have any idea how many people are coming through here? I think we were talking about that, but we weren't sure. Uh, we have, have no idea. <clears throat> it looks like a ton from what we can many, see. Many. Many people coming through. And we had the opportunity a week or so ago to take part in the Youth Startup Weekend, which was at Cahoots. And that was an awesome event. And uh, one of the things that I really took away from that was understanding the value that teaching entrepreneurship to high school age kids has. Mm -hmm. So whether or not they actually go on to start a business or not is, I don't want to call it irrelevant, but it doesn't matter because one of the things that entrepreneurship teaches are self-management skills. And that's really what we wanted to talk about today was the value of self-management I know that I consider myself to be a self-manager, and I think that you consider yourself to be a self-manager as well. Indeed. So we wanted to talk about what, uh, maybe how we came upon those skills and different tactics that we use on a, on a daily basis to, uh, to be good self-managers. So, so let's just do that. Um, <clears throat> chat. I think that there's so many different challenges that, that Americans are facing these days. And some of the things that I've been focusing a lot on uh, through my work are engagement professionally. So do people like what they do? Mm-hmm. Um, and the answer to that is, is unfortunately no. A very small percentage <laughs> of people are actually actively engaged in their work. It's around 10%. And the rest of the folks, maybe they're not disengaged, but they're not really enjoying what they're doing. And then the second piece, which we don't need to spend a lot of time on, but I think that it gives evidence to, to a lack of self-management, is that over half of Americans would not be able to come up with $400 in cash in the mm-hmm. event of an emergency. Mm-hmm. So they'd have to borrow the money or put it on a credit card or something like that. So those two facts evidence to me that there is room for increasing your self-management skills. Okay. And I, I really think that that all of us are capable of it. It's like anything else. We didn't necessarily learn it in school. Uh, so if we're going to learn these skills, it's incumbent upon us as an individual to to do that. And I think that, that personal responsibility, that's one of the things that I hold near and dear to my heart as well. Um, and you do need to take personal responsibility for pretty much everything that that, that 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 happens in your life. So Yeah, and I wonder if um, today, and I'd love to see the research on this, when you think about personal responsibility, you think that adulthood is now, well, there is good um, research on this, adulthood is now delayed quite a bit than it was five decades ago, right? So kids, or rather young people, aren't getting to the place where they have to have that personal responsibility because there is a safety net under them until the age of, say, 30, and I'm making that up. But the idea would be, that before, 
like our parents' generations and the generations before, like when you were 18 or 19, you're pretty much like, you got, you got to figure this out. You got to figure this out now. And now that that is extended to a longer period of time. And so it's interesting to see how this generation of kids, or rather young people, um, I don't want to say lack personal responsibility because I don't think it's a lack. It's just that it's not, I think it's a, it's, Lack would say that there's a um, there's a fault for it, but it is just that there hasn't been a push for it because we have you know the, the generation of helicopter parents that will take care of anything for their kids until they're they are thirty or forty years old, um, and then we have the kids who are so coddled or rather so taken care of that personal responsibility or looking at something like oh maybe I should save money or maybe I should figure out how to um, figure out my 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 profession my life my days without the the input of someone of that's my elder. It's, I feel like that is something that was, that's been lost, but it's now at the forefront and why we're having this discussion today. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you think about, and I think that all of that is true. You think about for every generation, you, from the time that you're born up until 18 or 22, you're told what time to wake up, where to right. go, what to do when you're at, wherever you're at, what time to leave. So right. you're really not through your, through school and whatnot, being a kid um, you're not guaranteed to uh, to be in any kind of an environment where you're learning on your own or, or developing self management skills. Right. I think that 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 athletics certainly has the ability to teach some self management. I think that involvement in the arts or clubs or really anything um, can help to to provide uh, different self management skills. I know that for me personally, my background. Um, in, in tennis, and it was pretty interesting. I was listening to a recent Tim Ferriss show with the gentleman who invented 3Com and Ethernet, and he was talking about how tennis played a really large mm-hmm. role in his success. And I, I can definitely echo that. I played at the Division One level, and one thing that I know that tennis taught me is that you're always needing to move on, no matter what just happened in the previous point. It's over, mm-hmm. and you got a couple of seconds to get ready for the next point. And if people can learn that skill right there, so what? Now what? Whether you just had a great victory or something really crappy just happened to you, you need to move on and you need to be prepared for whatever happens next. And so whether or not you learn that through athletics or if you're, in, if you're playing music and you hit a bad note, you still need to play the next note right. really, really well. <clears throat> um, and there's, again, no guarantee that you're going to learn that on your own unless you go through an experience. I had a, um, there was a professor that came to speak to a group uh, that oversee that talked about, well, he talked about a number of things, but one, he started the conversation with um, school is virtually useless. And so we talked a lot about how we are not teaching kids the things that actually help them in life, which are, you know, grit, perseverance, uh, exactly what you were talking about. Failing and knowing that, you know what, things, things are going to happen. You have to push through. You have to get past it. And then how to cope with failing. Those are the things that are not being taught in K-12 schools and just because it's not. But those are the things that kids absolutely have to learn. I think looking back, as you were saying, your personal experience and mine, you know, when I was 16, my parents made it clear that I would I would work. So I, had a very, I went to attended a very rigorous high school, had nothing but tons of homework and everything. But there was, they made sure that, you no. Know, on top of all that, you're also going to work. You're going to now, you can pay for your own stuff. You can pay for your car. You can pay for your food. That's on you now. And I think looking back, you think, oh, that's unfair. But when you're first in it, you're saying that's unfair. But now I have this work ethic of 
of like, yes, you, if you want something, you have to work for it. Um, in college, it was the same thing. Like I waited tables, I worked part-time um, in the school library because that's what you're supposed to do. And I think a lot of times, I go back to parents, I've seen so many parents who say that they don't want their kids to have a job in high school because they should just be only learning school. And I'm like, bullshit, you can do both. And you should do both because the, the more you push your kids and the more they're on the brink of like, I have to juggle these things. I have to be able to ma- self-manage. I have to do both schoolwork, work, athletics, whatever that might be. The more you throw at them, the better off they'll be in life. And so you see so many kids that have been, going back to our original conversation, um, they've been taken care of this entire time and they get out into the real, the quote-unquote real world or in a profession and they don't have the, the, the same drive or the same grit as other kids who have been exposed to those things. Yeah. And I think that you can see that manifest itself in a lot of different ways. Stress has been and it remains one of the main reasons that people go and visit the doctor. Mm. But I think that that if you're not a good self-manager and you do realize that the world is full of probably 80 to 90 percent adversity, how you respond to that, if you don't have the tools to respond to that stress, it will manifest itself in overeating abuse in, in alcohol or potentially drugs. It can cause anxiety, which could potentially lead to depression, which could lead to any number of bad things. It can lead to the, the need of the need for prescription drugs. And <clears throat> so, so many different ways that not having, I don't want to call it coping skills, but to a degree it is right. having the skills to realize, okay, Life is gonna be it's 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 a series of one crappy thing after another. Yeah, life and I, is hard. Yeah. And I better have the ability to uh to manage through these things. And I'm not sitting here because I've been perfect about it, because certainly, <coughs> you know, my weight has fluctuated and I, I you know, I, I'm I'm not an expert at this stuff, but I do think that I've been successful at being a self manager and managing the ups and the downs of of business and family and, and, and life in general. And I think that it is something that has to be done and thought about on a pretty consistent basis. I think so. to your point, it, it's, you, there's so much literature on this, but about self-care and self-management, but it really does come down to folks have to figure out how to um, be intentional and thoughtful about what are they doing to take care of themselves. And, you know, you, you people always ask, like, how do you fit in time to work it? work out and I say well you just make it a part of your day like you would uh, any other meeting so if you have like you wouldn't cancel a meeting with your boss so why would you cancel a workout so work it in like everyone has an hour in their day there's not a single person on this earth that does not have an hour in their day to run to walk outside to do whatever that might be and that is practicing self-care it's just about being intentional with your time and one not making excuses and two then and also prioritizing what is important to you because if if you're health and body are not important, then just let's call a bear a bear, say that, but don't make excuses as to why that is not something that's a priority in your life. Yeah. When I, uh, when I started researching meditation, which I'll talk about in a minute, I, there was a great quote and is, is Russell Simmons like off limits now? Cause he got caught up in me too, or did that blow over? Um, I would, I mean, he, you can still reference him. I okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll it's take like, it out is, 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 is that guy like a piece of crap now or is we could still celebrate him? less like okay. controversial than others. Anyway, I don't know if anything was ever proved. Anyway, Russell Simmons is a, is a practitioner of transcendental meditation for like 30 years or something like that. And he's got this awesome quote. He's like, if you can't find time in the day to meditate, if you can't find 20 minutes, then you need to meditate more than anybody else. That's very true. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, um, so 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. People are like, oh, I just don't have time. There's not enough hours hours in the day. And I call it absolute BS on that. Um, and if you start to peel back the layers there, one of the realities is that most people's minds wander like 48% of the time. Mm. So let's just round up and say, my mind is wandering half the time if I'm not in charge of it. And that means if I'm working eight hours, I'm really working four hours. Right. I work 40 hours a week. Now you work probably 20 hours a week. So if you were able to train your brain to focus a little bit better, you would double the amount of time available to complete whatever tasks you're interested in completing. Right. And then let's take it one step further. You need to do an honest, and this is me again, people need to take an honest assessment of how they're spending their time. Are you really working or are you messing around? So... Because I know I've been so guilty in the past of messing around. Um, and now I, I try to be super mindful of not wasting time. So if I'm not working, I'm going to not lie to myself and pretend that I'm working. I'll just do something else. Right. There's a um, <clears throat> really cool local executive coach that does um, time inventories with executives and folks. And it's really looking at your week and spending it and looking at 15, and it's fascinating, looking at your days by 15-minute increments, and you can see very clearly like what time you're actually doing being productive, and then also what things, what time you're spending on things that are actually not helpful to your bottom line. So people, people confuse um, being busy with being productive or being um, having some outcomes, and that's simply not true. So if you're spending most of your time just simply responding to emails but not doing anything that's driving revenue or uh, an output or whatever it might be in your field, you're not actually doing anything that's good work. And so I would actually uh, challenge folks on this and this uh, who are listening to this to look at look at their time, to spend two or three days looking at your time in 15-minute increments and saying, okay, what did I do that 15 minutes? What did I do that 15 minutes? And then look at it holistically and think, wow, I spend most of my time just responding to email or I spend most of my time in meetings and not getting to the things that I want. And I think that would be a good like first step to self-management to see how you can pivot your days or pivot your time so that you can be intentional about things that are actually going to help your bottom line. Yeah, I think that we've officially crossed over from awareness to the action piece of this conversation here today. So I, I appreciate that very much. And if yes, if you were to audit how you really spend your time, I think that you'd be very, very sad. Yeah. Because we are wasting a ton of it. Uh, 15 minutes is interesting. There's something called the Pomodoro Technique, and that's 25 minutes. And it was uh, an Italian gentleman many years ago that that came up with it. He's like, and he used uh, like a, an actual, like a kitchen timer that looked like a tomato. So that's the reason it's called Pomodoro. And he did 25 increments. And I think uh, it was 25 minutes and then take off five and then do it and then take off 10. It's it's an incremental thing. And then after you do four or five of them, take 30 minutes and just stop working. Right. Um, and I, I personally, I, I do 20 minute increments and that, 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 that seems to work well for me. But there's this guy named Cal Newport and he's a Georgetown professor. And I think that he studies, let's just call it efficiency and being efficient. And I don't know if we, we, we got sold this premise of, uh, of multitasking or if mm. modern living in the United States or all over the world demands or tries to shove multitasking down our throat through push notifications and, and everything else. But I think that that's a total fiction. Right. I think that you need to be able to focus on one thing and work for 20 minutes or 15 right. or 25 or 30 minutes on that one task. And then move on to something else. I think uh, 
you're right in that. I think it's become kind of, um, I don't want to say trendy, but kind of the norm to be someone that says they multitask. And I see this every day in working with um, a lot of executives that are so hyper-scheduled and so, um, so they have their hand in too many pots and they have their, their eyes on too many balls and they think they're doing it well, but when it comes down to it, they're not doing any of it well. So things are missed, things are dropped. Things that, simple questions that could be answered if they were just paying full attention are now 15 or 20 emails because they're doing so many different things. And I think if people just stopped and said, all right, I'm going to focus on this one thing for an hour. I'm going to get through it, get through it to completion. Not, I'm not going to respond to any of the emails in an hour because there's nothing that needs to be responded to immediately unless you're a surgeon. There's seriously nothing that needs your attention that much. That's fair. And so I am going to sit for an hour or however long it takes finish this project, and then move on. I think that's really hard for people to get their minds wrapped around because they feel like they constantly have to be um, doing something. And again, I, as I said earlier, I think people really confuse activity for productivity and they're just always constantly doing something without it actually being beneficial to any part of their, their bottom line. Yeah, I think that that's right. And I think sometimes it feels good to respond to an email and, and oh, I, I solved that person's problem or I got I that, that done. Yeah, yeah. You know, these are little wins. And it's all... It's all uh, uh, shoot, what's the uh, what's the uh, the chemical in our brain that that goes off when I get like a like on my Instagram pictures? It's dopamine. dopamine. So these are all little dopamine hits that our phones are giving us, or emails and everything else, and and it's not helping us. And then for me personally, I can I can I know that if I'm just doing a ton of different things, I can look up after a morning of doing that, and be like, what the what in the world did I get done? What did I accomplish? And right. it's, it's it's very little. Right. Versus if I actually am tracking my time and focusing on an individual task, then I really knock stuff out. Right. So I, uh, I have the, uh, the, the, the blessing of having a 16-month-old kid at home. And uh, I went from having a good amount of time <laughs> to having a very, very finite amount of time. Because if it's dropping them off in the morning or picking them up in the afternoon, I now have the... I just I, I, I work for less hours during the week, so I need to get the same amount, probably more done in less in time. Less time right? And there's this thing, and I've probably talked about it before. It's called Parkinson's law, and it says that work will um, will will grow or exp- expand or contract to fill the time available for its completion. So a good example of that is if I go through the same morning routine every morning when I wake up to when I get out the door, which we probably all do. If I usually get up at at 6 and I leave at 8, that's no problem. I've got that two hours. But if I sleep from my alarm and I sleep till 7, I'm probably still going to get everything done. You'll figure it out. You'll make it work. Yes. Yeah. So if I give myself all day to make 40 phone calls or whatever my tasks are – It'll take me all day, but if I give myself two hours, well, miraculously, I'll probably get it all done. Yeah, you think about it. I, I run into that at work all the time, right? I put little, I put reminders uh, on my on in Outlook or whatever calendar that I use and say, you know, it's a task that I'm going to do for an hour. But then to your point, if I get a call and I'm like, well, I still have, I still got to get this done and I have half an hour, somehow I miraculously get it done in half an hour because you, to your point, you just, you do what you have to do. You know, deadlines are a really, really powerful thing. And another thing that, that I've learned, and I think that I already, that I always knew this, it's just one of those things that it's such great information, I just never do it. The idea of batching, 
So take an entire day or morning, whatever it is, and only doing one thing. Mm. And I found that to be extremely beneficial instead of bouncing from one major activity to the next. For example, let's say that uh, that you have a sales function that you have to do. Well, maybe my selling time is, is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I do my administrative stuff on Monday, whatever it might be. But making one day or one really extended block of time for that one activity so you're not bouncing around back and forth. That's a really good Okay. I like that. I will try that. I found that to be extremely helpful. So maybe it's just because my brain is very, very simple. But the... <laughs> If, if there was a camera on Centauri, it'd be a, a, a look of approval on that one. Agreeance. Yeah. Um, it, just, to, just to bounce back to the Cal Newport thing and the idea of deep work and really focusing on one thing at a time, if you are bouncing back and forth between activities, your brain is not capable of doing that. Because right. if I'm reading or, or, or writing something and I look at my phone and I read an email and then I go back to reading or writing, my brain is still thinking about whatever was in that email. So there, there's a residue or residual effect that 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 will come with you. So, and it's so hard because we have. I mean, I think everyone listening to this is probably being pulled in a thousand different directions. So it's 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 great to say all this in theory, but when you're in like when you're doing your day to day and you're like, well, my CEO's emailing me right now, and I have to get this to him or her, and then I also have to think about getting my kids in half an hour, and then I also have a board meeting tonight. Like you're not being thoughtful, but the the, the idea would be that you should be thoughtful, and all those things would be much easier if you have a process put in place. But I understand why, like, why people falter. But if you can just be thoughtful and mindful about how you're going to approach those things, it'll probably be a lot easier for you in the long run. Yeah, agreed. So that's uh, I, I if people still have push notifications on, I really would tell them to turn them off on, on their cell phone. That's something that is so distracting. If those little numbers or lights are, are popping up on your phone, it's distracting you. So I, I turn those off with the exception of text messages because when somebody sends me a text, it's probably somebody that I actually know versus some BS email. Um, so there's a handful of things from a time management perspective that I think have been very helpful for me. From a mindset perspective, and this is probably something that I should have mentioned or talked about right from the start, I think that how you look at something makes all the difference. And you have the ability to choose whatever your mindset is. And fake it till you make it is kind of a cheesy thing to say or act as if, but it's a very real thing. If you think that you are going to be a really successful person and a great time manager and a great entrepreneur, then your chances of doing that are far greater than if you're just carried along with the current. So I think it's extremely intentional to, it's extremely important to be intentional about your mindset. And um, I've used affirmations for my entire adult life. Okay. Um, and it's, I don't share this with too many people, but we're, we're talking about um, sort of best practices. So I, I, I want to be forthright. I, uh, I have these pendants that I wear and I've got like 30 of them. And each one has a different message or, or idea or phrase on them. Wow. And, and, and I may wear the same ones almost every day, but I'll mix it up. And it's, it's, it's whatever, it's whatever I'm really focused on. So for example, the ones that I'm wearing today, one of them is arete. And arete is an ancient Greek word that has no real English equivalent. The closest is virtue. And the closest definition would be what I can be, I must be. So what I'm capable of, 
I have to actually live that out. Wow. So it's a it's a personal responsibility that when I wake up and I'm, I'm it's the last thing that I put on after I get dressed. As I, I I think about that, I just take just a couple of seconds, a lot of the time, and I, I think about what I what I can be, I must be, and that's how I approach the day. And that could be anything, um, whatever you're into, you know. If it's if it's be nice or, you know, I have no idea. That's whatever. Really cool. Wow. And I de- you know, it's I don't want to say you're you're you're. It's sort of a sort of a brain hack, you know. I'm putting it in my brain the way that I want to. I want my attitude to be today. And there's no reason you can't do that. Yeah, I think in I was at a um, sort of meeting this week, and they. The, there was like an icebreaker question just so everyone could get to know each other. And it was like, what is your guilty pleasure? And it was, it was you know, it was a fun exercise. But I think more and more in, in the, the guise of like self-care and self-management, on top of being disciplined, I think people should also figure out ways so that they can kind of take a step back and, and, and relax. So with you, it's meditation. It's, that helps you being mindful. But being mindful is also just taking some time to do something that is not taking a lot of your brain power. So if it's sitting and reading something that you just genuinely enjoy. Um, I just finished a book today. Um, and I, I, one of my intentions or one of my... Um, um, resolutions this year was to just read more because I want to read more like not anything related to work not anything related to like anything of substance it's just read more like I want to read more I love fiction um, and so I picked up these books when I was in San Francisco and I was thinking more and more people probably are always in this mindset of just grinding all the time and so they're like well I don't have time to read personally or I don't have time to do these things we're not realizing that they're they're putting themselves at a disadvantage if they don't take time to just sit back and just relax. So um, I remember reading an article that was really interesting because it says, you know, watching shows like Real Housewives or Keeping Up with the Kardashians is actually good. Like if you're a working professional and you're spending all your time working, it's actually good for you to watch those things to disconnect from anything that is going to be really, really harmful for your brain. And that was one of the impetus of me thinking, all right, well, if I want to read like stupid fiction, I should because it's helping me unwind. I want people to really understand that Yes, there's there's reasons to do all these things to be more productive in your day, but also man, practice self care in any way that uh, that is meaningful to you. Because you have to unplug, you have to have that time for yourself, and you have to find places to to recharge. I remember a therapist saying, you know, picture yourself as a, a cordless phone. Like you need time to recharge. You need some time on your charger. What is that charger for you? And so I uh, challenge folks on that are listening to this to figure out like what re-energizes you and do that daily. I think that that's awesome advice. And I remember it wasn't even that long ago. I was talking to a guy who's like a meditation instructor. So he's a guy that just meditates all the time. Nice. And, uh, cool job. right. <laughs> and, and he said, you know, if I want to clear my mind now, which really is what meditation is designed to do. It's like, I go see a movie, just zone out, and turn your brain off. Right. right. And I can't think of a finer way to turn your brain off than to watch Keep It Up With The Kardashians. That is a great show. I've never watched it. For anyone it. listening, watch that show tonight. Do not do, not do I that. I guarantee it's on right do now. Do not do yep. that at all. 100%. Yeah. Is, 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 is E still a channel? It is the best channel. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like HGTV might be the best channel right now. I don't watch that either, though. And I'm not hating on it. I think that it's all probably really great. But, um, well, excellent. Well, this has been this has been a lot of fun. Um I, I definitely just, just, just want to close and encourage people that this is all within reach. And 
if you feel like you're there and you're an awesome self-manager and you're a high achiever and you're performing and being the best professional or owner of a company or dad or friend or husband or wife or whatever, then that's great. But if you're listening, you're like, you know what? I could probably do better. Well, it's like anything else. These are skills that you need to practice to get better at. And I think that some really quick resources are I try to read every day are uh, Inc. Magazine and Fast Company. They always have really quick quips and articles on, you know, seven things you can do to be more productive in your day or, uh, you know, things to read. And it's really quick. So if you feel like you don't have time, they're, you know, five minute reads. And those have always been really, really good resources. So I'd encourage you to look at those as well. Excellent. Well, good job, Centauri. Always nice talking to you. And I uh, appreciate Startup Week having us to do the podcast. This was definitely a lot of fun. And again, it's an awesome event. So um, if you like the show, please subscribe, leave us a review, share it with somebody who else you think would appreciate good ideas. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real.